What is up, my fellow Andronauts? Let's talk about if exogenous testosterone is harmful to the testers. When you're taking testosterone, and I'm not just talking about TRT doses, which is just replacement, I'm talking about going super physiological levels, 250 milligrams a week, 500 milligrams a week, and higher. If you were to use those high doses of testosterone, would it be harmful to the testers? When you come off, will you be able to sustain natural production or actually harming your testers? So that's exactly what we're going to discuss in this video. If you haven't already, be sure to get my ebook on how to maximize your testosterone naturally. If you would like to work with me, links are in the description below. Let's dive in. All right, so first of all, there's not a lot of research on using testosterone in animals and then looking at what happens to the testers. But some of the studies that I could find is LH withdrawal, which more or less mimics what's happening when you are in testosterone. Because when you are in testosterone, you're completely suppressing LH. And in natural circumstances, LH signals the testers to produce testosterone, so it's anabolic to the uh, testicular environment, right? So when you suppress LH, this is why you experience testicular shrinkage. There's no more intratesticular testosterone to sustain anabolism in the testes. So when they do LH withdrawal in animals, this is what you, ex what you see. Is you see the cytoplasmic volume of the Leydig cells decrease by 90%. You see the nuclear volume decrease by 65%. And then you see the Leydig cell number decrease by 16%. So clearly... When you're withdrawing LH, the total amount of Leydig cells stays the same, more or less the same, right? It's a slight decrease of maybe 16% or less. What really changes is the volume of those cells that shrink. So what that means is when you stop testosterone, you still have the same number of cells. They just have to expand again. You don't have to create new cells. You already have all of the cells. So when you stop, you should be able to maintain proper testosterone production because you already have the cells. They just have to enlarge again when your LH goes back up. So this is what happens, like recovery after LH withdrawal with exogenous LH. So what they did is they withdrew the LH for a couple of weeks, let those Leydig cells and everything shrink, and then they put in the exogenous testosterone, and they looked at the days of recovery that it took for everything to normalize. So the recovery of the Leydig cell structure and sterogenic reactions occurred at strikingly different rates upon restoration of LH after 10 days. So this was basically testosterone and pregnenolone production at when LH was withdrawn. And so when they added LH back in, you can see that restoration of testicular capacity to synthesize progesterone in response to LH stimulation was completed within 24 hours. So within one day, pregnenolone production was completely back to normal. But in contrast, the restoration of Leydig cells, serogenic enzymes, and testicular capacity to synthesize the testosterone from pregnenolone was completed only after eight days of continuous LH treatment. So after one day, pregnenolone production was completely normalized. But it took eight days for the testosterone production to catch up. And this is because the volume of the cells need to expand first. So as you can see from this one, the Leydig cell number contains mitochondria. And so the first step, the, the cholesterol conversion to pregnenolone happens in the mitochondria, which doesn't shrink. But now you have the cytoplasmic volume and the nuclear volume, which is shrunken. And this is where all of the, where pregnenolone is converted into testosterone. 
right? So you have the number, you can create the pregnenolone, you just can't create the testosterone from the pregnenolone progesterone. So now you have the LH that is anabolic to the Leydig cell, so it restores the volume, and then you can create more testosterone. So it's that volume restoration that takes a little bit longer for you to be able to normalize testosterone production. So you're still able to convert the uh, cholesterol, but not all the way into testosterone. That takes a little bit longer. So is suppression bad? Right? We're talking about allergy withdrawal, completely shutting yourself down. Is that kind of suppression bad? Because a lot of people think that you're completely shutting down your lytic cells. They stop working, right? It's as if like they're gone, right? You're castrated, like never to return. So interestingly, long-term suppression of Leydig cell stereogenesis prevents Leydig cell aging. The mitochondria, which is the first step where cholesterol is converted into pregnenolone, produces reactive oxygen species, which can damage protein, lipids, and DNA. So suppressing your natural stereogenesis reduces reactive oxygen species production. So the mitochondria, there's a lot of mitochondria on the Leydig cells. And when someone doesn't eat the right foods, they have micronutrient deficiencies, they don't have enough antioxidants, those reactive oxygen species produced by the mitochondria or a defective mitochondria will start to damage the Leydig cells. So especially as someone gets older, reactive oxygen species goes up and the oxidants go down and then you have Leydig cell degeneration and the Leydig cells are not responsive to the LH anymore, right? So you will see either normal LH and low testosterone or you will see normal testosterone and high LH, which is a temporary compensation mechanism. So if, is suppression bad? No, because it shuts you down, so it prevents that reactive um, species production, reactive oxygen species production, and basically it puts the Leydig cells in hibernation, so it protects them. So the moment you, let's say you, you start using testosterone at 30, up all the way onto 40. Now you stop the testosterone at 40, your Leydig cells will be the same age as 30 because they technically have not aged over those 10 years because they have been put in hibernation. Now, obviously, do I recommend being on testosterone to, to hibernate your testes? Of course not. Be on the right diet so that you don't produce an excess amount of reactive oxygen species and that you have enough antioxidants available to prevent all of this from happening. All right. Testosterone reduces reactive oxygen species and the lipid peroxides. So this is where they had Leydig cells it's just an in vitro study, Leydig cells, and they treated those Leydig cells with testosterone. And so you can see that in different concentrations of testosterone, it reduced reactive oxygen species and lipid peroxides in the Leydig cells. So testosterone in the testes were protective. But then over uh, a certain dose, it increased reactive oxygen species and lipid peroxides, right? Now, testosterone crosses the blood testis barrier in mice much easier than humans, but it can also happen in humans. So this is interesting where when they give animals, for example, like mice and rats, high doses of testosterone, a lot of that testosterone can go into the testis and actually enlarge the testis being anabolic. That does not happen in humans. So maybe this increase in reactive oxygen species could happen in animals. It's not going to happen in humans because that testosterone does not cross into the Leydig cells to cause damage. So concentrations well beyond 100 nanomole per liter are highly unlikely even in those abusing testosterone for athletic aesthetic purposes. So, and as I mentioned, like that testosterone doesn't even cross the uh, blood testis barrier. So the, the likelihood of getting like 100 nanomole of testosterone in the Leydig cells is highly unlikely. So it's not going to damage the testis. All right, so 
With that, all of that being said, we have one main problem, and that problem is Leydig cell shrinkage that we have to reverse. That's basically the only problem that high doses of testosterone causes, is the Leydig cell shrinkage. All right, so I want to show you how long does it take to recover. There's three main studies I want to show you guys in humans. So according to this study, they used 1,000 milligrams of testosterone under coronate per month. So they used it for two years and then stopped. And so the full reproductive hormone recovery is slow and progressive over 15 months since the last testosterone injection, but might take longer than 12 months to complete. So the reason why it took so long is because undercoagulate is the longest ester. Right? You only, it, it's so long in the body that you only have to inject, at least this is what doctors usually do, once a month. Right? E even that is probably not enough to keep your hormone level stable, but it stays in your system so long that it can suppress you for almost up to like 12 months. So it would not be ideal to use this if you want to get a quick recovery, of course. All right, the second study, they used 200 milligrams of testosterone enanthate for 56 days. So 28 days after stopping, LH and estradiol were normal, but testosterone was still reduced. So you can see this was before, after stopping, LH back to normal, estradiol at 26, back to normal. Testosterone beforehand was 507, it increased to about 1,333. And then after, about 28 days after stopping, it was 323. So it could be because the Leydig cell volume shrunk, right? So there's enough LH, estradiol is back to normal. So obviously the testosterone to estrogen ratio is not ideal, but um, testosterone is still not where it should be. The point here is that LH is restored in 28 days. Testosterone is not. All right, next study, we have 100 milligrams, 250 milligrams, and 500 milligrams for 16 weeks. And so same recovery duration for different doses. It took 10 weeks for testosterone to return to normal, basically in all of these doses. You can see this is starting point. This is where they used the 100 milligrams. There was not really much of a change. And you have the 250 milligrams and you have the 500 milligrams and how it changes testosterone levels. Stopping, basically all of them went to the same suppression level afterwards and took about 10 weeks to recover for all of them. So it's interesting how even the different doses, you suppress yourself the same. So it's, it could be because you're completely suppressing LH and then you're getting the same amount of shrinkage regardless of the dose that you're using. So if you're going to like, I'm not going to use 500 milligrams because that's going to be too suppressive. Well, according to this study, it causes the same level of suppression compared to 100 milligrams, which is TRT. And it's still going to take you 10 weeks to come back to normal when you look at testosterone. So probably around four weeks, LH was normal, but it took much longer for testosterone to come back to normal. All right, so how to speed up recovery? Let's not make it complicated. First one, HCG, obviously, because it mimics LH. So the moment you start using HCG, which mimics LH, even on testosterone, it will start to be anabolic to the Leydig cells. So it will expand the number and volume of the Leydig cells. So use about 250 IUs of HCG three times a week. You can use it while on TRT, one month before stopping TRT, right after stopping TRT, because obviously that testosterone will be in your system for a couple of weeks after stopping anyway. So you can use so even while there is still testosterone in your body, it can start to increase Leydig cell function and expand the volume. So the moment all of that testosterone is out of your system and LH is back to normal, the Leydig cells is up to point and this will really help to speed up your recovery. All right. Next one, you add in 12 to 25 milligrams of enclomiphene daily and you do this one or two weeks after stopping TRT. So the reason for adding the enclomiphene is because HEG also suppresses your LH. It acts like LH, so it suppresses LH. So it's good because it stimulates the Leydig cells much before LH is even back to normal. 
right? But you're still suppressing LH. So the moment you stop using HEG, your LH will take about a week or two to come back to normal. Now, if you're taking enclomiphene alongside it, you prevent that decrease in LH induced by the HEG. So let's say you use the HEG for four weeks, then you stop it, and then you keep on using the enclomiphene for a week after stopping. And then so this will dramatically enhance to speed up the recovery of the lytic cells and keep your LH and everything normal. So the moment you come off of testosterone, your recovery will be swift, basically within four weeks instead of 10 weeks. All right, so I could find zero evidence that just using testosterone is harmful to the testes. The only thing, the only problem that it really causes is suppression, but you can negate that by using ATG at the same time or using ATG as a PCT when you come off because you can just like restore normal testosterone production because the testosterone is not harmful to the testes. And the reason why other bodybuilders take much longer to recover is because they're using synthetic steroids like DECA, Trenbolone, and so on that can actually be harmful to the lytic cells. It can actually damage the lytic cells and you need to recover that person. This is why it takes months, if not years to properly recover. But if you are on testosterone only, it's not gonna be harmful to the testes, especially if you're eating the right diet, testo launch, that will provide all of the micronutrients and antioxidants to prevent reactive oxygen species production, all of the good stuff that you need. Now, is this medical advice? <laughs> Obviously not. Do your own research and feel free to experiment. But testosterone on its own is very unlikely to harm the testes. And the reason, as I mentioned, why bodybuilders get long-term issues is because they stack it with a bunch of other steroids. Hope you found this interesting. Enjoyed the video and I will check out the next one. Cheers, guys.